Hi, you're listening to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. This podcast takes the lived experiences and knowledge of some of the leading figures and thinkers from the world of club management and beyond, all so that they can become your teacher and elevate your performance. Whether you're looking to start a career in club management, are a seasoned club manager at a world-leading club, or work elsewhere within this wonderful industry, there will be powerful messages and key takeaways that can help you in your career or personal life. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Bernie Newman. Bernie is is an NFT and Web3 educator, advisor, and strategy expert. Bernie, thanks for joining me, and how are you today? Hey, Ed, uh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, I'm sitting here back in Munich. Um, It's a little rainy day, but excited to talk to you. Can you tell me your most memorable moment during your time at college, during your golf scholarship? Uh, okay, yeah, that, that brings me back a couple of years. Uh, I, I did study at Oklahoma State University uh, back then, and I think now that's, that's one of the best uh, college golf teams in the U.S. And what's uh, yeah memorable, I, I have to say right now in my, in my head jumps a workout. <laughs> Sounds crazy. It's not on the golf course, but, you know, we really uh, pushed ourselves. That's The idea was to bring ourselves really close to that that moment where you want to give up and and train ourselves to become champions in the way of pushing through, of um, extending our limits where we think we can go. And we we did it on the golf course, but we really did it in uh, yeah in the gym on the workouts uh, where we pushed ourselves. And it's it's not exaggerated to say that uh, we did it till someone puked, and that was the thing. And so uh, really pushed myself and ourselves and to see the how you can get better at it and how you yeah like just train your mind with it uh, was was very memorable you feel that's really helped you as you've transitioned more into the business world i i think yeah it, it really does help with everything it's just you know yourself and you've been in in the position to okay this is hard um but i'm going to push through and you know you can trust yourself that you're going to uh, be able to push through and uh, I actually missed that to be honest it's it's hard to replicate that uh, afterwards but um, I really enjoyed that you have such a great feeling after a good hard workout don't you of all the endorphins being released for sure was there a single particular workout that you remember either famously <laughs> yeah. or infamously yeah yeah it's uh it's it's, the, it's called the sidelines and uh you just you don't take you know on the fo- football field you don't take the entire field but you take the sidelines and that means it's a lot of turning you have to go back and forth and and the turning really kills you and uh, yeah that's where we all all quit and uh, not not quit but like that's that's when the mind really says okay i want to stop now uh, but the, the coach said, let's let's keep going. And uh, we went up the, the stadium stairs. It sounds uh, innocent, but it's not. Yeah, um, a lot of stairs. Yeah, lots of stairs. Oh, nice. And so now you're in the crypto world. And for those listening, 
we'll use the term crypto as an all-encompassing term for Web3, NFT, blockchain, digital ownership, uh, terms you may have heard of, but ones we'll, we will define. So first of all, Bernie, why do you care about it? And when did you learn to care about this whole world? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good question. So uh, I, I started to, in, in crypto about seven years ago. Uh, that's that's actually a long time in, in crypto world. Um, uh, so I, I got in because of uh, it's, it sounded like a good investment. A friend had a, made a lot of money with it. So why not? Um, but uh, then then a big crash came in 2017. And I, I think that was the inflection point for many people. Okay, either uh, I leave it uh, be or I go deep down. And so what, what do I like about crypto and, and Web3? Um, because, you know, I go through life and I always think of how can things be done better. That's that's what excites me. I go around and I'm uh, anywhere. I was in Morocco last week and I just see inefficiencies and I see, okay, how can could this be done better to be more efficient, more sustainable, just a better solution all the way. And and that's what started to fascinate me me about crypto that it's um it's a whole new way of thinking it's um it's very different um but it's in my eyes to many things a better solution to what we have currently and and that's that's really what excites me and if i may add to that so um in 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 our world like we're trying to find i think with a lot of crisis in 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 the world economic world also we're trying to find a balance. We're trying to get it right. And capitalism is, is working in, in many ways, but it's also failing many people in other ways. And so we have governments that implement social, uh, yeah, certain models. And th those models to me are enforced. They, they wouldn't work without the enforcement. They just, you know, if, if you go to socialism or something, it's it's not the natural flow it's more of a construct of society and uh, where where i want to get to is that what i see in web3 and and the so-called ownership economy that's emerging from web3 i see a system that's in itself um getting the results that we all want yeah it it it, uh, and it enables people who participate to actually own part of what they create on platforms, on networks. And so it's inherently a system that might really be a, a better solution for, for all of us, not just for the few many, uh, for, the, for the few who are fortunate, but for, for all who give value, who participate. And, and that's what I see in Web3 and that really excites me. I'll ask a question which I think some people might have, which would be, well, if don't I already own it? If I've written my own stuff on a website and or I upload my own things do, do I not already own them uh, yeah yeah N not not really so um I mean so I think the domain is actually the closest you can get to digital ownership and it's it's not the fault of really anyone that uh, it it wasn't possible or it's, it wasn't possible before it's uh, just the way the internet got built like the internet um didn't have um, internet money, it didn't have the blockchain. And so how it, it came about was that uh, very few companies actually kind of own the internet. They, 
uh, Google even uh, owns part of the infrastructure of the internet, the actual la la lines be beyond the, the ocean and everything. And so in the end, it's just like, is, is Google and a couple other big companies uh, permitting you to display your content or to, to go on their platforms? Um, you, you don't really own anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's not possible. And why is it not possible? So um, the way data is stored currently, let's say in Web2, it's in uh, on data banks yeah like but every company has their own data banks so you have amazon you have apple and everything and they don't talk to each other they maybe sometimes over an api but you you're not going to ask apple hey give me your customer list or anything you know or let me see who bought this uh, this song on your uh, on itunes uh, it's not going to happen because they're, they're not allowed to share it. They don't want to share it. And so the data stays with them. And so how would you own something if it's only within one data bank of, of, the, uh, of Apple? You know, in their ecosystem, you could have the thought, okay, I actually, I, I bought the song, so now I own it. But once you go to Amazon and try to play your iTunes song from Apple, that's not going to work. So it's not really, you know, ownership would be, would be like in the real world, you, you own your car in Germany and then you drive to Italy and there's no car anymore. Like that's how it currently is. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's where the blockchain comes in. Nice. Well, that leads us nicely into, can you give a layman's definition of blockchain for those out there? Okay, so um, the blockchain, it's an, an open ledger, um, you know, not, not, not crazy complicated. It just records uh, the entries and it, it does that. It, it's called crypto and, and blockchain because there's a crypto graphics uh, applied to it. So it's, it's very hard <laughs> to actually um, uh, break the code. So far, it hasn't been done uh, in terms of uh, Bitcoin or anything. So we have an open ledger which records transactions and the way those um, those entries are put on this ledger um, is via validation. So there's there's different methods, but let's let's stick to Bitcoin for example. It's called proof of work. So in order to to get a transaction recorded on an open ledger, um, yeah, there's there's many servers, there's many computers around the world trying to solve a cryptographic puzzle. And if they manage to do it, and if also other servers manage to do it and they come to the same result, then um, this transaction is proven to be valid and it's going to get on the ledger of the blockchain and it's going to, the way the blockchain is done, that's, that's a little technical, but let's just say it's immutable. Once it's on the blockchain, it's forever on the blockchain and the entry is there. Um, I guess that's that's um, some yeah, technical stuff behind it. But the most important thing is that it's an open ledger and it's uh, the way the entries get there is decentralized. No one can change it. You know, it's you, the state cannot, no no company, the United States cannot call Bitcoin. There's, there's no Bitcoin to call and they cannot say, no, this transaction, you know, it was done from one country we didn't like to the other country we didn't like, take it back. That's, that's not possible. It's not even not going to happen. They didn't say it, it won't happen because, because it's just not possible. And so the blockchain technology 
I guess to sum it up, it's decentralized a decentralized ledger that um, yeah cannot be controlled but can be also viewed and uh, reviewed by everyone. That's very important because as we talked before, I cannot look into the data bank of Apple if everything went correctly and everything. Nor can you look into any uh, you know bank account or like bank how are they checking their ledgers, how are they doing it. Uh, with Bitcoin, you can. Everyone can look on the blockchain and see, ah, this transaction here. Okay, this was done right. This also was done right. And so, complicated topic, um, but uh, open ledger, decentralized, can't be changed and therefore is is a basis of agreement, right? Like, that's that's the exciting part. Like, we cannot agree on the, the Apple database we, because we cannot look into it. But we can look into Bitcoin because it's a public blockchain and we can all agree, oh, yeah, this entry is here and we can see how it got there and we can agree that it was correct. You know, the, the, the program functioned correctly and now we can agree on something and that's where we move into, you know, digital ownership. That's where we, we can get there because if, if it's open, if everyone can check it, we can all agree on it. Yeah, it's just a lot more transparency there. And especially when you can look at traditional finance, where there's always banks getting fined every year for transgressions, which <laughs> they try and hide. So moving on from that into NFTs, something which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of and a lot of people will think is a, a cute picture that they can own, but there's a lot more to them than that. Can you give Ian just a definition? Well, stands for non-fungible token and then what's uh, some few different use cases for it yeah for sure so the easiest way to think about uh, nfts uh, so non-fungible maybe let's go into this mm. uh, so if we have a dollar bill and we have another dollar bill and i i ask you hey decide which one you want to have then you're just going to say i don't care they're both the same right yeah. um, so so they're exchangeable uh, they are fungible. The opposite is if I have a drawing of from me and I have the Mona Lisa and you have to say, okay, which one would you like to keep? Uh, you probably go with my drawing because they are not uh, interchangeable, you know, like they're non-fungible. They're not, you, you cannot switch them. And the, the main thing you want to think about NFTs, it's um, digital ownership. Um, so, if, if you think about ownership in the real world, you know, it's a, it's a very big thing. And we never had that in the, in the digital world. Like I explained earlier how that came to be because of the databases. We couldn't agree on, you know, a truth. And that's what NFT represent. Like since they are on the blockchain uh, and everyone can see that uh, yeah, the entry exists and can agree on it. Now we have digital ownership, and that's a very, very, very big deal in a very digitized world. And and so, um, yeah, you have those those tokens, and in the press you see those uh, crazy things of some a pictures uh, being sold for millions. Uh, but in the end, it's it's the invention of digital ownership, and so much can come with it. You know, like there's there's so many use cases for it like one 
obvious example maybe is uh, you have in in gaming uh, i'm i'm not a gamer but i think everyone can relate you know like you have those games and then you buy an item or you earn something within the game that asset is yeah locked in this ecosystem of the game if you want to go outside of the game there's nothing you know like you cannot take it outside of the game if you have it as an nft as we as we talked about before it's in the open blockchain so everyone can reference that item oh yeah like in this game he has a sword and it's it's a great sword and so i could also display that sword in my game because i can reference that entry on the blockchain and so um, as you can see digital ownership that's that's for everyone to agree on um, is an amazing thing because we can all build on top of things um, and there that, that's one of uh, one of the many things and i think we get into uh, other use cases like like memberships or or tickets, a very obvious use case for NFTs um, is tickets. Um, and I, I think that's a whole different story. Uh, but um, yeah, maybe maybe you have uh, further questions that narrows it down. I obviously also am a little bit in the bubble, you know, of uh, having all the, the insights behind yeah. it. But... Well, I think the interesting one there with for people to realize that digital ownership can also be of real world physical objects so you can still use that as a proof one one thought i had as an idea which would be interesting to see what your thoughts on how this could work is if a club had all their memberships as nfts so if i'm a member my membership card is an nft which proves digitally that i'm a member now if i'm a member of a private club yeah, in some ways, I'm a fractional owner of the club. So if the club gets better, better reputation, more people want to join, the club can charge more money. Well, what if I now get a new job and I have to move country? I just give my membership up. And all those years of me contributing to the club, I have no value for that. So would it work where if it was an NFT, I'd actually be incentivized to sell my NFT membership to a new person? I would then get a percentage of that. The club would get a percentage of that. The club gets a new member who then pays their annual fees from that. Is that something that could work? That is something that definitely could work. That is uh, yeah, perfect, perfect example. Let, let's break it down. So um, NFT membership, no problem at all. You know, like technically, I, I feel like it's important to say this is, um, I mean, for, for me, this is uh, the work of, a couple of hours maybe and i'm not even a developer or anything like it's as easy as uh, the web 2 world really is now so it's it's not a big hurdle we have an uh, nft membership what does that mean so when you have an nft as i explained before it's on an open ledger and can be seen from everyone and so all programs can also ping it right and so what happens is you have an immediate market like with the issuing of um, nft memberships for this golf club there's immediately a market for this this nft you can trade it you can um yeah exchange it you can send it around it's a free digital asset like it's not you don't have to to ask the golf club uh, dear golf club may i transfer this nft 
um, it's it's in your wallet, um, it's in your yeah in your your account, um, and you can transfer it, you can sell it, and so what you do with NFTs here is you make it um, transparent and you make it free of of a certain system, um, and that enables you what you just said to say okay I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sell it because I have to move and but what you also said and um, and got to is. Uh, the increase in value and that's really very very interesting about nfts and uh, it, i think it links to the so-called ownership economy as you said if you just have a membership in their data bank uh, and uh, it's uh, you're gonna move there's no value for you you know you you may be added you were the the president of the club and for 20 years and now you move and you're out of it and uh, you don't participate in the value creation anymore uh, with NFTs, you definitely can, you know, if it's more desirable, there's a market for it. And so people are willing to pay more, most likely. And um, it's it's a great thing for, for you because of the incentive model, right? You want this club to be successful. You want to make it as awesome as possible because now all of a sudden you also have a stake in it. You're not just a, a paying member, but you're someone that uh, yeah can increase the value of the the membership if you if you desire so and uh, so the incentives model shift a little bit um and and that's beautiful and for the golf club it's not like uh, i lose the the value you know of the memberships or anything they can also win in this um in this story because uh, like with nfts you you often work with royalties so if an nft is sold like the issuer also gets a little cut like five uh, 5%, about 5%. So every time um, the, the membership NFT of the golf club would be sold, the golf club gets 5% of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, the price of the NFT. And so there's a nice little dynamic where you are incentivized to provide value for, for the thing you own, right? Like for this membership, for this golf club, and where also the golf club uh, totally participates in in yeah what what value is created here, and so I think it's a uh, it's a beautiful way to to do golf memberships. Um, there's really not many downsides to it. Like if if a golf club says okay I I lose too much money because I I cannot sell it all over again. There's ways to do it. You know like it's NFTs are a technology. It's just like it's the Better is is always a, a tough word, but like it's it's a technology that enables um, true digital ownership and uh, frees up those assets, helps um, other people to build on those assets. Because if you think about it, now all of a sudden um, you can say, okay, I I have those uh, ten thousand memberships, or, or let's say five thousand, and someone else can come. Okay, I'm building this great app. And I'm going to integrate those 5,000 memberships. And it's, it's as easy as it could be, you know, like because um, he or she uh, who invents this app can ping the blockchain and see, okay, those are the memberships. They're going to get uh, access to the app. And that's the end of the story. So if you put NFTs or if you put memberships uh, as NFTs, uh, you enable a whole new ecosystem to be built around those NFTs and on top of them. 
So another interesting aspect to NFTs, I think, is the ownership of whether that be a limited edition club or say a video of a famous shop, something like Tiger's 15th hole chipping at the Masters and how by having an NFT linked to that, let's say for the putter, whoever's, whether it's say Scotty Cameron, have developed this limited edition putter, everyone who owns that through their NFT, they'd be able to be invited to a special event which only those holders can come to or through the ownership that say Tiger was selling these NFTs. Well, through that, he could invite you to special events as bonuses for these NFTs, which again helps increase the value. Is that something that would also work? Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I think there's two parts to it. So um, for once, like NFTs will be definitely also uh, used to authenticate things, you know, like it, like the putter will come with an NFT um, and that, uh, yeah, there's, there's a link, like you can see the number on it and you also say, okay, if you, if you sell it, also the NFT has to move. Otherwise uh, it's maybe not a, a copy or if you don't have the NFT, you maybe, uh, yeah, don't have the, the real putter. So, so there's definitely a, a way where uh, watch manufacturers and everything will go into this and, and link NFTs to, to the actual physical objects. And uh, that's the that's the one thing of authentication. And the other thing you um, just mentioned, utility, is where it gets really fun. Like this is, um, you know, like I, I hope I explained it well. Since the data uh, of the NFT, so the entry is on the open blockchain, um, it's it's possible. You know, it doesn't say who it belongs to. It's a number. It's a number. It's like a Swiss bank account. There's just a number. Um, but but it can definitely say, okay, this number, this account owns an NFT of this. And not not only, you know, can someone say within Scotty Cameron, this number owns that putter, but anyone in the world can say that, you know, they can definitely say that and now they can build something and so you say scotty cameron yes we invite you to um to a, a cool uh, golf experience because you have this limited putter but also um some golf club can say hey um i value those people they're probably high net worth individuals um you have 20 20 percent uh, off at our resort because we want that kind of people to to come to our resort and so as you and you know, in the in the current world, that would be an impossibility. Basically, you would have to talk to Scotty Cameron. Then they would have to say, "No, we cannot give our customer data." Like, uh, and and that's end of story. You know, like with NFTs, no problem. There's no customer data, no privacy lost here. Um, but there's only the thing that you can with with two clicks, you can say, "Okay, those those people that own the putter and the NFT with it." Uh, they're twenty percent off at our resort. It's two clicks, and in the in the current world, it's impossible. Or it's it would be, uh, yeah, a million clicks and uh, three months of negotiation. Uh, now it's two clicks, and so that's how you know interoperability, and that's how Web three can can be this beautiful monster. To be honest, because it all builds on top top of each other. It's it's open source in a way that's still protecting the privacy and it's still secure. Um, and 
that's that's where the craziness starts that you can just interact with so many things and so utility is is a main part of um of nfts if you think you get your ticket like for example the super bowl last year um people got an nft it, it wasn't the ticket yet but they did get an nft and now um like in the future there's there's more and more tickets you know i've i've done it many times now with nft as a ticket and there's so many advantages i i talked to someone yesterday and he said it's um it's so cool that i now have this memory and it's in my wallet you know i can see oh yeah i went to the super bowl and by the way it's not like now you can oh yeah i went to the super bowl and you didn't go but like you have proof you know there's mm-hmm. uh, there's proof on the blockchain that you actually went um and so many things come with this and uh, I was to an event, uh, event, for example, that had an NFT ticket. And before the event, the ticket was $400. Afterwards, it was $1,200. <laughs> you know, that, that's pretty crazy. But yeah. what happened is that, and, and I think it relates to also golf memberships or anything. Someone said, I'm going to drive value to the holders of this ticket. You know, there was Snoop Dogg in this case. And he said, I'm going to do something crazy for you guys. And all of a sudden people, the market thought, you know, because there's an immediate market. It's not the the black market then, you know, how you get tickets and there's this guy or a girl uh, in front of the stadium, hey, here for a thousand bucks and it only was 200. It's transparent on the blockchain, but there's an, a market immediately. And so the market said, okay, I value this announcement from Snoop Dogg highly. And uh, it's uh, to me uh, that has more value now. And uh, I was able to actually sell my ticket for uh, th- yeah th- thrice the the value. Mm, that's really interesting, and especially the utility in NFTs. I hadn't realized the or thought about the openness that anyone could send like an invite to a group of NFT holders. But as you say, without the privacy ever being uh, invaded, because they don't actually know who those people are. That's yeah, exactly. You you cannot send an invite. I mean, you can maybe somehow, but um, you can offer services and, and make people aware of it. So it's not intrusive either. You know, that's what I wanted to, to say with this. It's not like you're going to get spam from everyone. It's like just, okay, if, if I get your attention and if I build something cool for you, you are, it's at your disposal to say, hey, I want to participate. And yeah, so so utility is is an amazing feat and you just imagine you with everything you a soccer player sells his nft and the utility is to meet him and you can do gamification with it if you have five nfts uh, you're gonna get the dinner if you have two nfts like it's endless and it's a it's a very fun playing ground um i think in the past like this this industry is just um yeah it's getting started and so there's lots of speculation um, right now because it's so fresh and like that's how the the whole a picture thing for uh, two million bucks uh, was created right um yeah. but but um what it distracts people from is the technology that's really a game changer because it just um yeah creates digital ownership we didn't have before it's an very important concept ownership if you go back in history was really the beginning of civilization because people didn't have to carry around their stuff anymore all the time. They could say, okay, this is my land and I'm going to build on it and I can 
uh, yeah, trust in the fact that tomorrow it's also going to be my land and what I build is not for nothing. And that's what we now have digitally that we can say, okay, this is, uh, this is the NFT. I own it and now I can do something with it. I can build a brand around it, which is happening quite a lot right now uh, around those apes, for example. And it's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's big. Um, mm. And so there's, there's so much um, that, that this technology can offer. And I would encourage everyone to, to set aside the hype thing and, and all this. It's all true and not true, uh, depending what you read. But uh, underlaying is a, a technology that's, that's going to change the world. And it already is like the ticketing thing, for example, Ticketmaster just announced they're going to uh, issue more and more tickets as NFTs. It's a better solution. And this is where we get to what motivates me, you know, I just see, okay, this is really a better solution to what we had before and not five times, not 10 times, but probably more around 100 times better uh, than, a, than a digital ticket, which is a, a horrible experience. It's uh, almost impossible to transfer. If you can't go, uh, there's in, it's not transparent. Uh, you get counterfeits. I mean, uh, it's, it's endless. And so there's better solutions out there uh, with the help of the NFT technology. And uh, I'm sure there's, uh, there's a lot of solutions for golf. Yeah, I think there is. It's certainly from a, you know, if I'm a club manufacturer or apparel, the idea of being able to have those limited edition ranges that come with NFT digital authentication that then potentially creates value for the customer in those clubs or apparel units, you have, you know, we'll get onto LinksDAO, which I think some people would have heard of. And yeah. with those sort of things that they'll have their own pro shop as such of logoed items, which will come with with things like the NFT, access to that through their NFT. Now there is a huge range of potential use cases here. And on the ticketing side, when it comes to events, as you said, you can't, counterfeit the tickets for nfts and the other one this maybe isn't super relevant for golf but if i'm an artist and someone's bought my ticket if that ticket is then sold on then there's going to be a percentage of that royalty then coming back to the artist still yeah for sure and let, let me um one idea that came to mind you know tea times um mm -hmm. they could also be very easily an nft and probably would be better an nft so like for most tea times, it doesn't matter, right? Like if a country club, I mean, right now golf is uh, booming uh, greatly. So maybe um, there's even a market for a tea time in, in some club, but let's take the, the big ones, Pebble Beach or St. Andrews or something. And so those tea times are very hard to get, right? Mm, yeah. Um, now you make them NFTs and you say, okay, um, we... If you make it an NFT, there's immediately a market, you know, it, it just is created. It's not like uh, St. Andrews has to then establish a marketplace for, for their tea times. No, it's immediately um, because it's decentralized and because it's open, the, the biggest marketplace in the world, OpenSea, can immediately ping that entry on the blockchain and there's a market. So now we have NFT tea times and now we can say, okay, to me, it's worth uh, $500 uh, and uh, to the next one, it's maybe 600 And 
for for 700 i'm i'm willing to part with my tea time and that is one part you know like a market is created that's that's good for uh, st andrews that's good for the people that actually really want uh, to play there but uh, couldn't get a tea time but have the financial means uh, it's also cool for the people who had the tea time and said okay for for this that's that's a lot of money for me um i'm gonna yeah pass on my tea time obviously where we don't want to get to is like this uh, this crazy capitalization and where people just run for the the tea times and then sell them high there's many ways to prevent that but on top of what I just said, which is already maybe a nice solution, you have obviously now, as we discussed earlier, you have a um, you have the NFT and you can relate to it afterwards. Now you have this, this ticket. Okay, I was at St. Andrews and played there. You know what can we create for those people who have this NFT in their wallet? Many many things. You know, if you played at St. Andrews, uh, here is here is this and that. Um, and St. Andrews even can uh, create a cool experience. So there's so many more ways um, you can interact with, with an NFT than with uh, entry in some database that's just isolated and going to stay there. You know, if it's just the server of uh, um, uh, St. Andrews, nothing is going to really happen with it. Maybe they do a loyalty program or whatnot, but that's the end of the story. If you make it an NFT, lots of things are happening and... And that's interesting. Mm, that is. I, I like that, especially for those bigger clubs that maybe we all dream of getting to go and play, to have that digital memory. I, I wouldn't say I'm a full-on minimalist, but I don't like clutter in my house. So oftentimes you might get like a bag tag, but if I've played 20 great golf courses, I'm not having 20 mm. bag tags on my bag or lying around. So having that yeah, that digital, that NFT, digital memory and record, which you can keep. And it, and then I suppose, as like we talked about earlier, there's that potential. If one of these clubs reaches a big anniversary, they can say we're giving away 20 tea times or 20 spaces in, a, in an event. They can just do a randomized draw from their, all, all the NFT holders of tea times yeah for sure and i would like to add to that see um you said uh now you have a club and everything you can also create a community around mm. it now all of a sudden you can say okay everyone who uh who played at st andrews you're welcome in our community we are like-minded people here who or everyone who played st andrews and pebble beach mm. is in, in this community so it's it's amazing you know like it's uh, it's crazy what you can create or you can say at soho house in w london oh yeah if you played at st andrews uh, you're welcome on on certain days mm. it's it's endless and you can form communities around it that are meaningful because you know you have a shared passion and um that's yeah there's there's just so much possibility which is already you know, um, created like it's this is not uh, futuristic or anything. It's happening right now. Um, I'm I'm in many communities that have a, a token, you know, an NFT as a as a gatekeeper, so to say, um, as a bouncer. And um, if you're in it, then you just know, okay, those people really cared, or they were willing to spend a, a bunch of money on on a on a picture, which we might get to. It's not <laughs> just a picture, um, and so 
they are maybe like me and maybe good people and um here here's the community and so i feel like there's there's so much possibility for golf as well no there is and before we move on to maybe to web three one a final one of nfts how do i store them can i just store them on my on my phone as is or is there an app that i'd have to use and same in a browser mm, yeah so um I think that is uh, still the bottleneck of of NFTs. The, I, I had a two-hour discussion yesterday about about mass adoption, and obviously, so you can store it on your phone. You need an app for that. It's called the most famous one is called MetaMask, um, and it's your your wallet. I mentioned the, the term wallet before, so it's your account, and there you to that account you could send uh, NFTs without a problem. On your phone, it's not quite as secure as uh, on a computer, and, and there's there's different ways. You know, it's called hot wallet if you have it on your phone because it's um, many data points of the wallet are stored on in the cloud, which makes it hackable. Like I, for example, for NFTs that are more valuable, I have a cold wallet, meaning uh, it can't be hacked from outside. I can still do stupid stuff with it, but uh, there's no way to hack it because it has a physical aspect to confirming a transaction. And as long as people are not in my room and forcing me to do a physical action, like there's no way of hacking it. So it is possible even today to have it quite easily uh, on your phone uh, and in your wallet. But I have to say there's still yeah, certain things you need to do, understand, and it's the, the UX is not quite there yet. Um, it's been worked on there's definitely solutions and also you know for the the thing in the industry that we all realized is people don't care if it's an nft they care what an nft can do but nft just explains the technology you know it's not uh, not something i fall in love with it's uh, what can you do with the nft that's that's exciting and so um we're actually gonna like the the more like in I feel like in two years not many people will talk about NFTs. They will talk about memberships. They will talk about digital collectibles, and most will assume that in the background it's an NFT, like because that's the technology that makes everything, uh, yeah, work in a in a better way. And um, so I think there's solutions today to to help you hold your nft you know like just like in web 2 you log in with your email and there's your nft that's not true ownership obviously it's called custodial um, wallet meaning someone else yeah holds it for you if you want to do um yeah self-custodial wallet then it's a little bit more complicated today but to totally doable totally doable yeah definitely i've I've used MetaMask and I do have some NFTs and I'm not a technophobe, but I'm certainly not a tech whiz. And I've found them all fairly easy to use. And I think probably my advice for anyone who did want to try it is what I did was to start with extremely insignificant amounts and just played around with getting used to how things work, where if I sent it into the ether, it, it didn't matter. 
Yeah, for sure. And that is like uh, still, I mean, today I have to say I did it so many times that my, my pulse doesn't go up. But in the beginning, <laughs> when you send, you know, like uh, uh, one ETH, which is like 1,500 yeah. bucks, when you send it, you just know, you know, because you know the technology, if it's the wrong address, if you typed in something wrong, it's just gone. There's mm. no, I'm going to call the bank. Yeah, excuse me, I send it to the wrong address. No, that's not existing. There is no bank. There is nothing because it's a direct transaction there's no middleman and so um yeah that's <laughs> that gets you there but you get used to it and uh, the industry um is is currently and and will be creating so many ways of making this easier and getting the the technology in the background and the the fun things in, it can do in the foreground so um in the forefront and uh, that's that's where it's heading to and there's already many steps that's um, that's taken here. Yeah, definitely. I can relate to the old heart rate. I remember when I first <laughs> when I first sent some. I think it was ether, and it didn't didn't turn up in where I was expecting it to be because I, mm -hmm. I was sending it to my cold wallet, and I was like, "Why isn't it there?" And it was taking far too long. My heart rate was through the roof. <laughs> and then I then I looked on my emails, and there was. Uh, the two-factor authentication I had to click verify on my email but I, <laughs> I hadn't realized <laughs> so moving probably to web3 because I've mentioned that term a couple of times now if you can the best thing I've heard would be web1 is read web2 is read write and web3 is read write own you could just touch a little bit on how how you see the difference between web two and three for those out there, I guess web two is where we are now with the internet. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not an easy one. It's uh, there's, there's many, many definitions probably. Um, but so uh, as you mentioned, I think that's the, the best to understand it is um, yeah. The, the internet we have today is uh, mainly owned by, by a couple of big platforms and they allow you to publish uh, information, which is awesome already. That's a big step from web one where you basically could just read like a, like an ebook uh, or something. Um, and so we have, uh, we have definitely this, 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 yeah, not quite freedom of information, mm -hmm. but you know, this flow of information, uh, I find it to this day fascinating that you can self publish yourself like we're doing in this podcast and, um, that's that's really something amazing in uh, in Web two. Uh, Web three is uh, yeah the idea of decentralizing the whole thing, like you and and also adding this ownership component. Like um, in Web two, you know, like we kind of found out that uh, having a, a couple of few centralized private companies own the internet has its risks you know like it got us where we are today and there's 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 a lot of great things but it, it did cost us our privacy for example and uh, our independence they can they can cancel whoever they want they twitter for example just uh, canceled the the u.s president um and so so we kind of realized okay it's probably not a great idea to have a couple of few private companies control the internet, a, a, a network that we all rely on in our daily work that we all use daily. And so uh, the idea of Web3 is to 
um, okay, how could, could, could we do this better? And um, luckily with the invention of the blockchain, we now have a way to say, okay, we can still run a secure network, completely secure actually, like Bitcoin was never hacked. I haven't seen anything like it ever, you know, like it runs exactly how it should be for uh, 13, 14 years now. Um, and either way, now we have a technology to be able to distribute the power to not have it rely on a centralized uh, entity but have many uh, many many validators um, and and therefore yeah decentralize and democratize uh, the whole internet more and um, that's that's one part the other part is the ownership aspect as we said we now have digital ownership it's possible and with that it's it's possible to 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 give you a part of the value you create for example if you have a uh, facebook or instagram the facebook the company uh, now meta they provide the infrastructure which is a nice feat it's it's amazing to be honest nowadays if you want to come up with facebook it's not very hard because uh, the technology uh, is is there uh, like you could program it in in a couple of months probably it, so but still, Facebook gets, um, yeah, it's one of the most valuable companies in the world. They, they get all the value of, of everything that's happening on the platform. But for example, as we do this podcast, you know, we put real effort in creating something um, and, and it maybe has value for other people. And then we put it on platforms uh, of, of those big tech companies and uh, now they own it actually and they monetize it and you get very little to none for it. And the idea of Web3 is since you, you can create ownership, you can also um, yeah, really account for, for the value you create and can be rewarded for that. And that's, that's one of the many, many definitions of Web3. Um, but that's, I think, the, the main idea of um, you know, read, write, and own now mm, yeah. um, instead of read, write, where the the ownership belong to really a few companies yeah i, I like that definition i think one example uh, and correct me if i'm if i'm wrong on this but you've got someone like rick shields who has a fantastic youtube account and channel with his golf videos and he has a huge following and he that's how he makes most of his money but if youtube either just decided they don't want his account on there anymore or if youtube just shut down well he's lost his entire revenue stream and there's no way he can take his subscribers and his content from there to somewhere else would that be right yeah that that for sure i mean that that's one thing it's also i'm i'm not sure uh, how it is for youtube but for example instagram you don't own your your rights to your pictures anymore right it it belongs all of a sudden to to instagram uh, which is for for us, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, there's not much value to a picture of me, but for an artist, um, that's a whole different story. And there, there's there's many many implications, um, you know, like uh, to this centralized power versus decentralized. And um, I I think it's it's I don't see it really that negative, you know, the centralized power because it's it's our, our also got us where we are now, and mm. there's great products. I mean, uh, like like myself, I think you love um, 
YouTube and all the possibility it gives, you know, it's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Um, but we have, uh, we have this invention of the blockchain that can, um, yeah, have, have the same benefits, but also, uh, yeah, distribute the, the wealth creation to, to many more people. And this is, uh, this is kind of the spirit also of web three, um, where people have no barriers, you know, for example, like if you're from a certain country, you cannot get on the platform or you cannot view this, you cannot two, two, two billion people don't have a bank account there. Um, without a bank account because either they don't have access to it or they were denied the bank account because they're not, um, you know, solvent or whatever. Like that's in, in Web3, like nothing matters. Like it's just, you're, you're just a number account. And so there's no discrimination against anything. It doesn't matter where you're from, who you are. Um, it just like, what do you do on the, in the network? How much value can you generate? Um, and that's it. Like, do you have um, the coins to do the transaction? If you do, you can do the transaction. Doesn't matter who you are. No one can take it away from you. And that's that's a beautiful thing. There's also bad things that can be done with it, obviously. But it's it's the same with cash or anything. Like, you can use a technology to to do something bad also. Um, but it gives a lot of freedom if it gives a lot of, um, yeah, people a chance to participate and also to, to occur some of the value. So for example, companies that launch in web three, what they usually do nowadays is they say, okay, we're gonna do a public offering, like kind of thing for a stock, right? Like the company, it goes uh, in, into the public and they say, okay, um, we have 100% of the coins right now. And with the going public, we give 50% to our users because they are what makes our network um, valuable and they've created the value and we give it to them. And it's not really selfless, you know, because once you give it, to, it it's a nice gesture for sure. Mm. And, and, and I've gotten it, but it's also a win-win situation because now I'm, you know, I'm a part owner of this uh, of this company, and now I'm invested in it. Now I can tell everyone it's it's great, and uh, I can try to make it better and help make it better myself. So, as I mentioned before, the incentive structures in Web three are different, and they can lead to yes, so many beautiful things because the people that are making the network valuable now are way more incentivized uh, to make it even better. And uh, so it's the spiral of um, of incentives uh, that I really find fascinating and I see working. It's not forced, it's just in the system of itself. And that's why I think Web3 uh, is going to work uh, amazingly because it's inherently the, the system just has a right incentive stru structure versus Web2 where... It, yeah, there you have uh, trillion-dollar companies, um, but the, it has so many users that actually get absolutely nothing from this mm. value created. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to probably our final subject, that of DAOs, and the most famous one within the golf world would be the Lynx DAO. So first of all, can you define what a DAO is, and then we can talk a bit more specifically about Lynx. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an interesting idea, and I'm, uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical of DAOs. But uh, let's let's dive into it. Um, so, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, meaning that um, also with the help of the blockchain, we now have the idea of okay, what if a computer program, um, we and an algorithm, we all agreed on. Um, is governing our company is governing our 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 group or whoever is you know taking part in this so meaning okay we're gonna agree that if this happens um, this and that is gonna happen and if if uh, certain things for example it's DAOs are often used for voting so we are 100 people everyone has one vote in the DAO and now we we do a vote on should we buy this lawnmower for for the golf course, and if it gets more than fifty one votes, we're gonna do it, and if not, uh, we're not gonna do it. And the difference with a DAO is that it's written in the code. You know, if if the votes are got there and um, got there rightfully, it's happening. It's not that now the CEO decides, okay, okay, if I see that many people wanting it, let's do it. The difference is it's going to happen because it's written into code and the transaction automatically goes through if the votes come in that way. And that only can work with, with blockchain since um, yeah, there's, there's a direct uh, connection. You can actually lock the value of the um, of the uh, of the currency you want to pay, and let's say it's uh, Ethereum, uh, ETH, and if 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 the vote comes in successfully, it's immediately transferred and unlocked. Um, and that's uh, I think that's the idea of a DAO: uh, people being governed by a computer program that they all agreed on. So the rules are very clear. But um, things are gonna happen if, um, if uh, yeah, if certain, for example, votes come in a certain way. Okay, and then what's LinksDAO? LinksDAO is a, a a pretty cool idea, and I have to say I was very skeptical, but uh, I'm I'm quite a fan now. So the idea was okay. What if we um, raise a bunch of money? Uh, in this case, I think eighteen, nineteen million. At 19, so one one nine, um, and we buy a golf course, and um, yeah, everyone that that has this uh, this membership can can buy a membership, and it's this whole experience. I have to say, Links DAO, I feel like is not a real DAO. Um, it's uh, you know like you you bought this NFT. This was for raising money. NFTs are often like crowdfunding. Uh, used as crowdfunding so they sold i think it was about eight thousand uh, something nfts and uh, by selling them they raised 19 million dollars now that's in their treasury um, we have 19 million dollars now and now um, yeah people that hold the nft can vote for certain decisions on how to deploy the money and how which golf course to buy which golf course not to buy um, as i said before in reality DAOs don't work that well. Um, it's a great idea, but uh, it's hard to execute when you have to get in all the votes. Uh, and uh, it's not how reality probably works uh, right now. I think the, 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 the idea of DAOs is still beautiful. And let's see where this goes. 
But in terms of the Lynx DAO, it's not that we now could vote, okay, I want to spend all this money on, uh, on the Ed Chapman podcast, and then it's going to happen. You sure, um, that'd be nice. I'd <laughs> take the 19 million. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so the, the idea is really cool. Let's, mm. let's build a new type of golf course that's... Um, in this case, not partly owned, to be honest. And that's why I have to, uh, yeah, like uh, give that extra because like you would think now I bought this NFT and now I own part of the golf course. That is not true in the case of LinksDAO. What you do own is an NFT mm -hmm. that uh, serves as a membership to the DAO and it will grant you the right to, to buy a membership in the golf course that's being created. Um, but it's not like you're a part owner now of the golf course, um, which would be nice, but that's not the case. And also why it's probably not the case, it's because legally right now, um, we don't have the structures yet. That's also one thing that's holding back NFTs greatly is just the regulation. It's not clear. It's not that we don't want regulation in the industry. We just need clear regulation. So it would be actually possible maybe to co-own a golf course um, right now, it is kind of somehow possible, but very hard. And so they decided not to do it. What they're going to do now, they build a community mm. all around those NFTs, right? And, and I'm in this community and I'm, I, I love the experience. They, they have countless partnerships already with, with other golf brands because uh, the people behind it are the real deal. And they, they actually are going to... Uh, build a golf course or buy a golf course that was the initial idea now golf uh, is booming and so prices uh, got got way higher which is unfortunate for links dow because um, obviously then it's it's harder to find a suitable golf course uh, but they're doing it all the in the, the right ways and want to create a a new kind of um, leisure golf course experience and i find this very refreshing um i um I like a lot of golf courses and, and I think the, the management has gotten better and, uh, and you're the, the perfect guy to talk <laughs> to about that. Um, but I find it refreshing to say, okay, let's, let's think different. Maybe let's first gather our future members, you know, like let's first have this community, have those people really come together in a, in a nice way for months, maybe for years before they can actually jump on this golf course and they might be from all around the world um, but their their passion is golf uh, and their passion is also maybe nfts and crypto and let's bring those people together and and let's see what we can do and um, as you can see with all the partnerships many um, you know golf courses golf brands they're looking okay what's what's up with this web3 thing with nft thing and Links Tower is their first address to to contact. You know, okay, what's what's going on here? Do you want to do a cooperation? And so, Top Golf uh, Trune uh, is 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 a partner. You can book tea times through the the Links Tower website uh, on on Trune golf courses, which are quite a <laughs> quite a few, as you, yeah. as you know. And so, um, there's all this cool stuff happening and they're actually um, yeah, looking at golf courses. They do it obviously uh, not, not openly, so the price doesn't uh, get pushed. Um, there's, a, there's a fun uh, anecdote to DAOs, uh, maybe a, a, a little side note here. So there was a, a, an idea to buy, I think, a print of the Constitution. It was a, it was a while back. And so they said, okay, we're going to form a DAO 
and we are going to own a part of the constitution because it's very important to us you know beautiful mm. idea they collected money i'm not sure how much it was it was i think a little more than 40 million and so but what they did wrong is <laughs> they they announced all the time and you can also see it how much they had and how much they were being able to bid on this. And so uh, like seriously, like uh, afterwards, uh, the, the people that uh, know the business, like they were just shaking their heads, like the, the person that finally got the bid just paid basically one euro more because, uh, you know, they just didn't have it. Um, and so that's, uh, that's not the way to DAO, so to say, because, um, and that's that's not what uh, LinksDAO is doing. Uh, they're doing the right way. They're talking to uh, to management companies and and trying to find a cool property or a cool golf course, uh, and then build a golf course from community to actual golf course, and and all with with Web three with NFTs. Um, and that's very exciting project. Um, I was skeptical at first. Now I really love it because um, yeah, they just execute beautifully on that idea. Mm. Yeah, there's one word which ha has come up a number of times throughout our conversation, which is maybe a, a nice theme to bring it home on, and that's community. So it really seems that through NFTs and potentially through DAOs that there's these different communities that can be brought together. So much, I think, as humans, that connection through community is such a big part of what gives us kind of purpose in life. Uh, and gives us happiness and this seems to be a unique opportunity and way of bringing people together with similar interests yeah beautifully said yeah um I, i'm not sure if i can really add anything to that so uh community really is the the secret sauce here um it's to me like i i never was so aware of uh, of how how powerful communities can be and I think it's a little amplified with NFTs because you have this ownership part also. You you actually own this thing, and it's it's a feeling like you own your your watch or anything. Like uh, hard to imagine, but once you try it out, you will see it's it's very similar, mm -hmm. and it brings you yeah, it gets you even more connected, and I think emotionally invested also financially, which uh, yeah shouldn't be uh, yeah set aside. Um, and with that, you kind of really have a confirmation. Okay, those people are also here. They also put money on the line. Um, you don't have to. I mean, NFTs can be very cheap. It can be one one dollar or fifty cents, no problem. Um, but it, it ties you to the community in a different way, and it also, you know, has this incentive model behind it that we talked about. If this community um, becomes a great community, becomes really valuable for the people in it. Other people would want to jump in this community, which increases the value of your token and, and off you go. And so um, there's a really cool positive reinforcement loop, really. And um, it's amazing what, what people that are, uh, yeah, that come together to, for a certain cause, what they can do with NFTs. I think it's, it's very easy to, to find people and to bring them together, as we talked about, because the open entry on the blockchain you can find people that all played uh, st andrews and pebble beach and bring them together in a community of people that play the big golf courses around the world um, and and all of a sudden 
you have this this really sense of belonging and um yeah you you're bound together somehow so that's that's how i view community um i i really enjoy that aspect yeah i think i think that's perfect way of summing it up so do you have one request of your of the audience of what they can a first port of call if they wanted to look and find out a bit more about some of this technology where would you send where them? would i send them ah that's a good question so uh where i wouldn't send you is uh is the the mass media um it's yeah you <laughs> yeah. like i i don't uh, i'm not complaining it's just like it's hard to find people that know a lot about it and they mostly don't happen to be journalists and so they write what they kind of hear or think is correct it's usually really not not accurate and so um i think you're not going to get a great picture of the technology if you read the mass media. Um, you can start on YouTube. Um, that's probably the, the best way uh, and work your way up there. It's it's one of the things that's really um, difficult about uh, um, this this industry is that it's so young that not that much is written down yet. You know, like most of it is is on Twitter and, and is uh, is said in in communities. And so um, there's no definite way where you can go and look things up. Um, and so I think YouTube is probably your, your first um, good start. Hmm. I think a couple from my side would be website 1729.com, which okay. is Balaji Srinivasan. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, he's great. He, he is. He's one of the people that when i listen to him on a podcast i feel like i have an iq of about five <laughs> <laughs> i have he, that feeling too yeah he, he's quite amazing to listen to and, and i enjoy his website and then the other one i like is kevin rose and his oh he's proof good. yeah and good. modern finance podcasts i've learned a lot from those and that i find them very accessible for someone who doesn't know a lot in the field cool cool that's that's great resources excellent and if anyone wanted to get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out to learn more or have some consultation on implementing this stuff what's the best way they can do that uh, yeah for sure um uh, you can you can find me on linkedin bernhard neumann um that's that's should be pretty easy to find i also have a website bernhardneumann.com um and so uh, i think yeah maybe you can link it in the show notes or something but i will absolutely uh, you, you can get in touch uh, i'm i'm answering pretty fast usually and so feel free. I, I love golf. I love Web3. And I'm actually, you know, I'm connecting every day. Like I uh, I just write people or people write me, hey, let's have a chat. And it's happening. And that's that's what I really enjoy about this, this new industry that people are still so open. And as it's so much about collaboration. Um, so so let's 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 collab here. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, Bernie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a really fascinating conversation and I'm sure the people listening have, have learned a lot from it. Ed, uh, always, always pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me on this journey as we dive into the world of club management. I hope you enjoy listening to these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. If you do enjoy and get value from them, I have two small requests. Simply subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening app and leave a review and share it directly with someone whom you think would benefit from listening.
If you're interested in being a guest on this show yourself, then you can reach out to me using the details in the show notes or email me modernclubmanagement at pm.me. In the show notes, you will also find a link to my bi-weekly newsletter that complements these conversations where you can sign up to receive these directly into your inbox so that you never miss out. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing day. This episode is brought to you by Sweda. Sweda is the social learning platform that delivers high quality blended learning with human connection. Sweda is on a mission to revolutionize the digital learning space through restoring the critical element of human engagement that has gotten lost in online learning. The technology provides everything organizations or individuals need on one single platform to achieve meaningful, long-term learning success. Using these skills helped me attain a job offer as the Director of Golf at Golf Digest, top 100 in the world ranked course after I completed their influence and communication courses. But don't just take my word and the 97% five-star reviews it has had on Trustpilot for it. Try it yourself. All you have to do is email david at suada.com, that's S-U-A-D-A.com, and quote the Modern Club Management Podcast to claim your free enrollment onto the Reciprocity course to start your journey to become a more influential and persuasive communicator.